It is Friday, November 18th, 2016. This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about art, conversation, and creativity. Today, it's mostly about conversation. The following was recorded on November 17th, 2016. This is episode number 27, The Biggest Nut. Room in the Trees is hosted by Sabrina Harrison and me, Trent Reynolds. Show notes including pictures, links, videos, and more for every episode can be found at roominthetrees.com. If you like this episode, please consider showing your support. You can become a subscribing patron at patreon.com forward slash room. If you like this episode in particular, you can leave us a tip by clicking on the tip jar button in the show notes. And you can rate us or write a review on iTunes, which is perhaps the most effective way for us to reach more people. That link is at roominthetrees.com forward slash iTunes. And finally, thanks for listening. And thanks for your comments, Facebook likes, and all the ways you let us know you're there. Today, we're shaking it out a little, recentering. And we're back, folks. Right? Back. Well, that was easy. Yeah. How's your nose breathing? <laughs> How's my nose breathing? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. I- I I think it's okay. Well, that there's the other problem. Maybe I'm not going to even notice, even though I can hear it. Maybe you what? Maybe I won't even notice, and you'll still have to tell me. How's your number? How's, I, I think my nose, nose is. I we. Okay, well, I think it's okay. I just don't like. You I just don't what? like the sound of it. But I also don't like of... mouth breathing either. Like. Like yeah, like when somebody has a stuffed nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just when they like breathe awkwardly, just when they're like working on something, like when someone's really focusing. And they, I think or for what some if, Well, what if somebody's working out? Is that, that's, that's just a separate. separate that's like, separate that's, that's, that's appropriate mouth breathing. <laughs> <laughs> appropriate Inappropriate mouth breathing. mouth breathing is the awkward thing when you're like, Try to focus on some little gadget, and I think if that's when that's what leads to nose heavy nose breathing and heavy mouth breathing. You're like, <sighs> <laughs> it's also. I often am focusing on little gadgets, so that's probably maybe that's why I've got this nose breathing thing. I'm I'm a little surprised. You've you've told me that you have never really, or maybe you don't remember. Having uh, having had the nose whistle, <laughs> I don't think so, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it, it's happened to me multiple times. Uh, you know, over the course of my life, I'm not saying this happens to me multiple times, uh, like a month or a week or other. But but the fact that you can't even remember it was a little surprising to me. <laughs> What's the last time? When was it awkward in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time that it affected like a conversation, <laughs> like <laughs> that I was like talking to somebody and then I realized I had the, the nose whistle going on. But I, I do remember 
fairly recently, like within the last couple of years, where I was trying to fall asleep at night and I had the nose whistle. And that's what I was referring to. That's what I was referring to earlier is that. <laughs> Did it like wake you up a little bit? I couldn't fall asleep because it was. Uh, well, I was trying to clear the passageway, and it just it just kept on. So I would I would go blow my nose, or I would try to do something to to get rid of it, and then I'd lay back down, and it would still yeah, be like there. it would kind of and the I, sound would keep waking you up, kind of. Yeah, or no, I just it, like it was <laughs> there, and I couldn't fall asleep. But you know, I like when I, I guess when I sleep, I breathe primarily through my nose, or at least when I fall asleep, I don't know. But yeah, I couldn't even yeah I couldn't even fall asleep. It was right there, and that's happened with uh, with Laura. Laura's had the nose whistle, and and I've I've not been able to fall asleep because of her nose whistle. I can't believe this. I can't believe you haven't had this. Maybe you just have a better diet, yeah, right? We read yeah, yeah. That, that we we did look it up, and it is something you you're supposed to stretch your nostrils, stretch them out a little bit <laughs> to read it, to read what to do. That is a new. That's a new technique to me. I still have not <laughs> the nostril stretch. Let's take. Let's take a moment. <laughs> let's take a moment and just stretch our nostrils. <laughs> okay. Is that is stretching? Stretching your nostrils? Are you thinking that that's just like a like a a, a serious flare of the nostrils, or is it like a manually grabbing? Your I think nostrils? it's a manual thing. I think it's putting in your fingers, oh. basically, in your nose and sort of stretching, stretching outwards. Okay, I'm trying this I right do. now. Are you sticking two fingers in and, and yes. kind of like? <laughs> there's not a whole lot of room in there. Right, for... but easily. Really? Well, either you have small hands or big nostrils. My sausage fingers won't go up there. I can just kind of barely, I have to pinch and then stick them in and then kind of let go a little bit and then they. That is so funny. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that because um, he has a great nose, but it's like kind of like it's just a bigger nose. Um, and he he used to tell my sister and I that um, he used to tell us a lot of things that weren't true that were really funny looking back on. But he told us that he once had a nose like ours, but then suddenly it just popped into this totally big nose. <laughs> It just boom. It just like opened up into this bigger. So we always were a little bit afraid that was going to happen. So I I am aware. <laughs> my nose. I feel like my nose changes shape. Like my nose. Uh, my my nose adjusts to my facial <laughs> my facial size. <laughs> so if there was a sudden expansion in your face, then yeah. Yeah. Watch out for that nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do enjoy telling my daughters, uh, you know, my kids made up stuff. I. Oh, it must I, be so. If funny. they ask me if it's true or not, I I tell them no. I'm just I'm just pretending. 
but that gets me worried that maybe I'll tell them something like your nose is going to pop someday <laughs> and maybe they'll spend their whole life just like anxious about oh, yeah, the day. Oh yeah, but there are subtle things pop. you've done already that you have no idea the effect of that they're going to be yeah, talking about on a podcast in the future. <laughs> uh, actually, my sister and I are practicing today. We, my dad's 70th birthday is coming up a month from today, actually. Wow. And um, we are giving him a toast. And so we are from a distance. She lives in Idaho, are trying to, you know, figure out how to how to give a toast A together as sisters Um and then also, like, what to talk about about my dad. So we both are telling these funny stories about um, about things that he sort of told us and, you know, things that he did that were, you know, kind of epic things as our dad. And one of the one of the ones that just will go down forever in history is for <laughs> this is this is a, this is the biggest this is the biggest sort of mix up of memory thing that I had or story thing just that's totally not true is <laughs> um, my dad and his sister, Judy would refer to the, someone named Malcolm. Uh, and I was kind of in, I was in like high school, early high school, freshman, junior high, probably too. And then when she lives in England and when she would visit or we were in England, they would sometimes reference Malcolm and how, how's Malcolm doing? And, you know, and I, and I would overhear it and, Basically, and then he made this film about Walt Whitman, this true story about Walt Whitman going and helping like liberate some the the head of this like um, insane asylum, <laughs> which is incredible. The story is called Beautiful mm-hmm. Dreamers. It's his first film. It's a beautiful film. But I was under the belief, by way of their stories, that they had a secret brother named Malcolm who was in insane asylum. <laughs> that I believed and I, I put together, that's why my dad did the film because he was processing this, you know, this truth that there was his brother. And so I was going to college and I remember there was like free counseling and I totally processed that. Like I had to work that out (laughs) freshman (laughs) that I had this unaccounted for uncle that (laughs) I like did this whole thing. Like I went home for Thanksgiving, um, from school, like after like going, I just need to kind of bring this up and, and talk about it and find out like, and so I remember at Thanksgiving, my dad still like cries laughing at this. I totally seriously was like, dad, <laughs> I don't know exactly how I said it. Like, I like, I know about Malcolm and <laughs> like, <laughs> Just basically, like, real, and my dad just about fell out of his chair. He was crying, laughing so hard. He's like, "Oh my gosh, that was a joke between Judy and I because I guess they had a, they had a pretty rough childhood and issues with their parents, and so that was sort of this joke about how like much their parents didn't talk about, you know, the real feelings and stuff, and didn't, you know, kept things under the rug. Anyway." <clears throat> Oh my gosh. You know, you, you're telling me this, and I have a vague, vague recollection of you telling me about Malcolm in high school. I, uh, I, think, that, <laughs> I think that came up in, in really? our class. 
Like that, that's you had this uh, unaccounted for uncle or kind of. <laughs> that is true. That's incredible. That's what old friends are for, man. Really? I I cannot promise that. I my mind could be playing tricks on me. But when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. <laughs> oh my god. But the fact that you were in, it was not until you were in yep. college that. <laughs> yeah, that would have made sense because that was probably my senior year was when we had the advanced art class. And you. Yeah. So that would have been the next fall. Really... But I was totally working it out. Getting to the bottom yeah. of this whole Malcolm issue. I must have just. Dis- yeah, okay. Well, there, there's that. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear. So we've covered uh, we've covered the nasal whistle, and did we did we resolve that, or is that? I think it. Well, it? just I, we did discuss that. Um, we did find out that it, you just need to put coconut oil and then stretch it out a little bit. It should relieve it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you that suffer with coconut uh, folding back into the storyline of the podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. Wonder, wonder nut. No. Wonder nut. Yeah. Coconut. Oh, it's a wonder nut. Is that's, a... that's one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a nut. It's a fruit, right? Or what is it? What's a coconut? That's interesting. It's a it's very a big coconut. It's a very big nut. What is is a coconut a nut? I'll look it up. Oh, dear. This feels like something I should know. Like, why? Why is, is it? Okay, here's a question. What's your guess? Do you think it's the biggest nut in the world? <laughs> I'm really going to ask. Biggest nut or what's the other option? Well, why would it be? <clears throat> I'm going to ask Siri. Is the coconut the largest yes, nut? Sabrina. Yes. Is the coconut the largest <laughs> nut in the world? <laughs> On the web, no. yes, is a coconut the largest desert in the world? Desert. Oh, I didn't get well, I didn't know that there was a desert named Coconut. Oh, <laughs> and it's the biggest in the world. So it's kind of it's the biggest <laughs> desert named Coconut. <laughs> I don't know yes. about that fact. Oh my gosh. I heard a well look, coconuts. Go ahead. Good. Uh, no, nothing. I heard something wonderful that I found. I heard it twice, and sometimes there's a couple things in life that happen. Do you ever have something happen where three different people are different, completely? Like maybe you read it in a book, you hear it from someone, and then you hear like you hear through something three different times from different sources, and yes. then you're like. It's the same thing. And you're like, that's just bizarre and kind of fa- fantastic. So this is... Like you hear something uh, new and then you hear that new thing two more times in rapid succession. Right. And it wouldn't be much. necessarily something that was like a new a new story or something. It's just like you, you hear it for the first time. Right. 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 <clears throat> Has this happened to you recently? <laughs> Not in like this magnificent way that I've kind of built this up to be, but <laughs> um, I was listening to Stephen Colbert on Fresh Air interview with Terry Gross a couple weeks ago, 
And he, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he talked about, he said there was this quote that was, that life is like learning to play the violin in public by yourself. Like trying to figure life out. Like when we think we put so much pressure on ourselves to kind of have it figured out and get so frustrated and mad and exhausted by not, you know, not knowing, but it's completely is just like, we, we have no, we have no reference point for it all. Like we're just literally doing the best we can as if we were trying to learn how to play the violin in public by ourselves. Right. That's, that's what that's I was a, thinking about. That's what I wrote note. down. That's my note for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am living like I'm trying to play violin by myself in public, which would be ridiculous if I tried, to, which I maybe should do that. Well, it, it strikes me that that's an ex- especially appropriate instrument I yes. mean, to, to choose for the metaphor, because when you get violin wrong... There's something extremely grating yeah. about, and and uh, if your fingers aren't placed precisely, the note is just slightly off. Like with the guitar, if right. you mess up, different. You know, it sounds off, but there, there's not that kind of dissonance that I think happens with. Violin. And I think life so, is like that too. Yeah, and sometimes the the slight misalignments are more disturbing than like major you know things that are wrong or more yeah you know what i mean like when you're just a little bit off sometimes that feels more disruptive to like your psyche than if something you know bigger goes wrong yeah like yesterday i was signing when i people order prints for me it's a kind of an ordeal to go like get them and then i have to rent a zip car which is great but i have to go get the zip car and then i have to go it's like an hour and a half round trip to go pick up the prints so it's kind of like I try to do it all and get them all anyway I finally got the print this print ready to send and I went to sign it and I placed it down on wet paint <laughs> and yeah just and then you then you kind of avoid so that's an example to me of like just like a, kind of a quick harsh blow to the uh flow a little bit not harsh but just and then you just have to speak up and so I just was like thinking what can I do what can I do and so I kind of avoid it for four days and then I just said just took a picture of the back of the thing took a picture of the front you can't see it from the front sent her a picture said I'm not sure what to do I can reorder a new one for you I can give you something extra can you wait two weeks and she's she's like "It, it was totally fine she just she's like it doesn't even doesn't even matter at all. I can't see it in the front. It's fine, and I want to order another one too. And I thought I was so stressed about it and so worried, and sometimes it's like I'm not sure what to do. What would what would you like me to do? Is sometimes just the easiest thing to say. Yeah. That might be an interesting topic for discussion at some other time. The This kind of perception that we have of keeping a professional distance mm. from people. You know, and I think uh, just wanting to come across more polished right. or more, you know, like in that instance, if it was a good friend of yours or somebody that you, uh, you know, 
had a more direct connection to or relationship to. You just call them up and say this happened and, you know, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But um, I don't know. Maybe well, there's it's, it's there. an I'm interesting thing over the years for me because so she, I didn't realize that it was the same person who had actually taken a workshop from me years ago. So I didn't hmm. put that together. So sometimes so she said, oh, I brought my daughter to the workshop in Los Angeles, you know, probably eight years ago or something. Anyway, I think sometimes for a lot of people that buy um, pieces from my, of mine are pretty familiar with my books, and my books are so personal that, again, it gets into that territory of they, they feel pretty close to me. And so it's, a, it's trying right. to navigate for me, not usually knowing them personally, for the most part, um, how to be professional, but sincerely just truly me and how, like I'm a one-woman shop with two little kind of bothersome pups most of the time, but very sweet. And then I'm trying to keep artwork off the floor so they don't step on it. Um, but I'm, you know, so I am, I'm doing the best I can in this like jerry-rigged, I mean, if you saw <laughs> the way, way I try to put all these orders together, so it's not a it's not a fluid thing so it i'm my fluidity is a, is of a different version and and i think i've it's only taken me you know 15 years to try to sort of come to peace with that a little bit and sort of do it anyway right. you know mm-hmm. how do you how do you That's feel about do you do you feel like when you don't know professionally quite how to do it like do you sometimes edit or hold yourself back from pursuing something even when you don't quite know the best angle, the best way to go about it? Um, I'm not sure if I know. Like, like, for example, say you want to, I don't know. Um, well, we're doing something right now, actually. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'll keep this in the podcast or not, but uh, I, I uh, have been doing this video editing and there's a chance that I could pursue that in more, you know, more seriously and try to make that a more, you know, normal source mm-hmm. of income. Um, just because I think going back and trying to get teaching jobs is a dead end and, and not going to be sufficient for what, what we need financially. Or uh, the other thing that, but what I recognize when I do video editing is it's very yeah. isolated. It's, it's like me by myself for yeah. long stretches of time. And I've noticed recently that I just don't feel as connected to Laura cause I'm stressed about making money. And so I'm like, even when I'm home, my brain is, you know, yeah. elsewhere. And so I just was thinking one, one day, like, what are ways that I, or directions I could pursue that would bring us closer mm. rather than just putting more stresses yeah. between us, you know, and separating our lives even more. And, and this is something that we had talked about before, but we had the idea to pursue more seriously the, uh, um, doing murals yes. for like ch- children's yes. bedrooms. So it's something where she could be the one that interfaces with the people. She, she's had a lot of experience the past several years with managing. So uh, she could be the business side and also help me with the painting and coming up with design. I love that. I so, love that. So we are in the process of uh, just photographing all the different murals that we've done in you know over the course of the past several years and 
putting together a simple website. That is so good. And anyone in the LA area seriously should. And I still think there could be awesome if you guys could do them for people that aren't local. Um, but they're so, they're so beautiful, the ones you guys have done together. And I could see that being like a really enjoyable way to like to be side by side working together. Yeah. And it's something that I just like video editing will never be common ground for, for Laura and I, it's just not something she's interested in. Um, but this could be, you know, it has a lot of points of contact where, you know, we can talk about it and discuss it and think about it together. And it's not one more thing that, you know, is separate. So anyway, what I was going to say is that neither of us have any clue how to, you know, make this work. And it's kind of daunting to think of it, but I don't, that, that doesn't really answer your original question. No? I think, well, it's, it's good to talk about. It's good because once again, you're, you mm. know, you're trying to play the violin in public, but you just kind of have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I think we feel that constantly over and over and over again. It's like, oh, no, like, that's how I feel about, like, doing the home line. Like, I will really, 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 really want to do that and license my stuff. But I kind of don't know quite where to begin. And, you know, okay. just stepping into it. Um, but I, what was I just going to say? Um, I, so I was wondering for you, like, when do you find yourself when you're, have you, or has it changed for you with like getting something solved or getting something figured out that you are work-wise a little bit more yourself in interactions? Have you found like, or, or even just in, in regards to the podcast, have you felt that it's helped or ch- shifted a little bit your way that you interact publicly with people um, prof- or professionally or just just your literally just you know you as a person speaking in the world let me see if i can a little bit uh, yeah well so are you saying uh are you asking has uh the podcast affected how i communicate with a little bit yeah i guess i was kind of that question sort of created itself as i was asking more just in general but um i think psychologically just knowing that there are you know thousands of people that are interested in hearing what you know i have to say or we have to say is affects my my thought process, I guess when I'm going processing things and thinking, uh, you know, I find that I consider how it might, might be relevant to what we talk on the podcast. I, am I answering your question? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm in, like, I've noticed just, I feel like it's helped shake out, I guess it's tied a little bit into us talking, you talking about the isolating part of video editing and the isolating uh-huh. part of working alone as an artist. I think a lot has shifted with, for me, with, with doing the podcast, I really think it's, it's helped me a lot with just shaking, I just keep thinking of the metaphors, like shaking out, like shaking my shoulders and just shaking out the, the kind of 
mental around, 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 around in my own head. And it just has kind of loosened yeah. the grip of the questions I'm having, the questions I'm having, like I'm, I'm ventilating it, talking about some of these things with you on a regular basis. And that feels like then it's, and then feeling the sense that people are, are engaged in that conversation, sharing the conversation with us in, in a certain degree. And I think it's really, I, now I, I don't know if we're, we're probably eight months or 10 months in, but I felt, I feel it's really, it's really been helpful, really helpful for me on, I guess, the psychological level. And I think it's even in regards to selling my work and opening the, the Etsy shop, which started a little after, maybe four months or so after starting the podcast, I never was really ready. And I felt like it just is, it's just really helped me um, loosen up with um, trusting my, my voice a little bit more and just like lightening the, the load of expectation um, and introverted, like kind of writing myself off as introverted and uncomfortable with um, or, or too mm -hmm. self-critical to be able to just let it roll as is. Right. And so that's what I've noticed. And I've noticed professionally, I think it, it's, it's helping me in conversations just be a little bit more just forthright. And that's something I really long to have in my, to have that grow and develop it for myself because I've never, I've never felt I could be that way so much. Right. So that's what I was curious about for you. Well, I think I would, I would agree with everything you just said. I, I've noticed all of those things. I think uh, especially these kind of uh, feedback loops that you get into mm -hmm. in your own mind, right? Like uh, things that just for some reason your brain holds on to and can't quite shake, you know, for whatever it can't sort out. Being able to have a conversation with you about them and um, kind of helps me disrupt those, you know, those things that just... I can't quite sort through in my own mind. Somehow speaking them, getting them out of my brain, uh, helps me, I don't know, keep moving yeah. forward, I guess, yeah. rather than than just going over and over and over the same same things, same hang-ups. So, I think, and also just uh, having the opportunity, really, um, to to express my thoughts and, and try to figure out how to form those into sentences, you know, and ideas that are concise and, and understandable, you know, it really helps sort and, and clarify what, what it is that I'm trying to, to yeah. accomplish. So though, going through the process of getting the studio and having to explain why I was getting the studio to you and, and, and trying to get other people excited about it, all of that conversation helps me to refine what it is that, that I'm after, you know, what, what the vision is. So I think is there's this nice kind of back and forth between having a vision, having ideas, having to communicate them to others. And in that communication, you further refine, you know, it kind of feeds back to the original vision and helps you uh, see where it is that you're, you're trying to go. That's what I feel is exciting. The idea of a sort of gathering and a, a bigger conversation with, some of the people that are everybody, anybody who's listening would just would be, we were talking the other day about 
how great to just um, if you listen to the episode about um, where 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 we make art is that what it was called um, about up, up at the farmstead that I went to in northern Wisconsin but the idea of just having a big gathering or something next summer next fall where we could have these kind of conversations all together I just love that I love yeah. that idea that would be amazing I would really a massive hope, fort really building project of, to some extent <laughs> yes world's largest fort building yeah, fort building convention yes fort, <laughs> fort, fort con oh my gosh fort con <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh if he's so i oh yeah, yeah. But this this is, I think, this is why we, in the beginning, had the podcast. And this is what happened at in the Room in the Trees yeah. to begin with. That Our collaboration is that um, we were able to have this fantastic conversation. And I, I think that continues for me to be what, what happens. So. I wonder if we'll ever get in a fight. What if we got in a total fight on an episode? Yeah. If we got in a like fight? A, a serious. <laughs> what would we get in a fight? About? I don't know. There's got to be something. I'm sure there's something. Let's think about something. Uh... It's rare you fight with your friends. Like, like I think of my friend Jesse, like if we, how we, anyway, I couldn't think of us fighting either. Um, yeah, I'm. <laughs> It'd be like you'd have to like really physically hurt hurt somebody in my life or something, <laughs> or you like stole my dog I think or something. Maybe you're yeah, right, right. You think what? Um, well, I wonder if we were actually having to plan an uh, event and make decisions about logistics and how things are going to look, and I'm sure you have very specific. Uh, or specific enough ideas that differ from, you know, kind of my vision and we'd have to negotiate that. But I think just, you know, from the history of our conversations, we're usually pretty able to, to compromise and get yeah. through those things. I, there's one thing that comes up for me, I have to admit. I think because I don't, I'm not married and in a partnership with someone right now, there is a feeling like I think if you and I were having a conflict about something, Laura so has your back and would be on your side with just like, you like, I feel like you kind of have a little tribe, you've got your tribe and I don't, I don't have a, a tribe on my side to be like, like right. to say, oh yeah, you're right. That's, that's, you know, you shouldn't do that or you should do that or something. So it is funny that right. that's just, that, that goes through my head. Like it, it, but it's just a reality of, you know, it's a, yeah. I, and I, I didn't mean to laugh because I'm not trying to belittle the the importance of that. I'm, I think though that you might be surprised how often Laura might side with you, and not me. <laughs> kind of gets to the nature of our relationship. Oh, we have to have her on the podcast. Yeah, no, she'd love that. We'll have to do that sometime. Well, what else can we, what else are we going to discuss? What are we going to go over today? One thing that I had wanted to talk to you about, and I guess we've already kind of touched on it a little bit. That is that over the past month or so, we've recorded at least two full episodes, more than that. I, I would say probably three or four 
that ultimately we decided we weren't going to yeah. publish for a variety of reasons. Um, and I've just been thinking about that. You know, sometimes it'll be because you felt like you weren't quite on, and the same has happened for me. I, like, I didn't feel like I was quite on or express myself as clearly as I'd like. For for whatever reasons, um, I like that we are able to do that. You know, if yeah. it just is not working, then then we're comfortable enough saying that, look, this is not worth sharing with people and we can, you know, skip it. We talked a little bit about this, but I thought I'm, I might want to bring it up just because there might be other people out there that that run into similar types of things. There's a couple things that come up for me. One is I think we're pretty, I you know, as I go with the belief, create what you most want to find. And with this podcast, I really feel like that. I want it to be sincere. I want it to be engaging. I want it to feel alive. I want it to be um, nourishing and comforting to a certain degree and a little random, but very sincere is really important to me. And, and the quality, the quality is really the quality of that and keeping to those standards is really important to me. So in the overall picture, um, because also we're and then and then we're also held against the time, you know, time elements and time restriction on the time we have to dedicate to, um, if this could be a paid job, we could, we could be able to do this for, you know, work a lot longer on this. But um, with time, the time element of things, um, we do run into sort of a pressure to perform a little bit when we have a small window of time and, you know, lots and lots of stuff is happening around us. Um, and sometimes we just don't hit the mark. And I think I, I, I do also appreciate that we can... Um, we can recognize that and we can stay, um, stay with that. So I, I think that's, that's kind of what I, where I stand. I think I'm glad in the bigger picture because I feel like the podcast is growing in a really great way and in in a natural way that we've made some of the decisions we've made as far as if we're not hitting it to not, you know, not, not, not do it. It's just, that's fun. Well, and I, and I think I've got to suspect that this is across a lot of different media. This is, this has got to, got to be the case where you start something, it feels really fresh. You feel really, uh, you know, excited about it and it starts to get attention. And then all of a sudden you get a lot of people and there's all of a sudden there's this pressure to produce regularly mm-hmm. and it shifts maybe from, from this thing that was came from a very authentic place into something where you're trying to force something to feel authentic and i you know i think i'm sure there are tv shows you know that we can all think of that for the first few seasons it felt great but then you can you could start feeling that they were trying to just pander Mm -hmm. to the audience Mm -hmm. and kind of lost its its ring of truth somehow or just got stale somehow Anyway, I think uh, I think I've got to believe everybody runs into that that produces uh, you know shows and like artwork, this, you know, and artwork, whatever. And absolutely. So yeah, you can you can imagine an artist that gets picked up by a gallery. They the gallery has a certain clientele. That artist gets known for making this specific kind mm-hmm. of work, uh, and then almost they get locked into that because that's what people expect, and they start to feel like they have to produce and maybe they don't really 
aren't interested in that anymore, but that's what they're known for. That's what they get positive reinforcement for. And I can see that how it would be even an unconscious thing where you start to kind of convince yourself that that's the right thing to do, even though maybe your heart isn't in it or it doesn't feel as, as vital or alive anymore. So I, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that. How do we, how do we keep it? Um, how do we keep our ourselves kind of in line and keep from getting um, caught up in external motivators and keep it uh, keep the conversation interesting and authentic to us um, and not get too caught up in in trying to make something that other people will like record yes. something that that feels right yes. That's the same again. Then going back to making stuff, like you, you, you have this limited amount of time, and you, you want to generate some work, and you just, it's, it's the most unbelievably frustrating thing when you, when you feel that happening when it's something you'd love to do. Like we love to do this, right. and when it's not, it's not flowing, and we have this limited time to do, to, to do, to to give to it. It, it, um, there's still just we, we put a lot of pressure, so what helped me today was like remembering that you're a really great friend and I'm in sort of stopping for a second going, I'm, I'm excited to talk to my friend Trenton. Like I have my handful of great friends. You're one of them. And when I get to just like talking to another friend, I'm so excited. Just like when Jesse called while we were trying to record, I was so excited to talk to her. And if it was the other way around and I hadn't talked to you in a while, and you called, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, I can't wait to talk to you and catch up. So remembering, just remembering that, you know, before anything else is just a conversation between friends. Yeah. And as we, I think just, uh, I I totally agree with that. And as we start to add other people to the conversation and interview people and think of other ideas of, of live shows and events and stuff like that, then I I can see how that might um, I don't know it'd be easy to get away from that core idea of that this is a conversation between yeah. friends you know that that's and it's got to retain that that base that feeling of connection if uh, if it's going to stay you know honest and feel feel authentic. <laughs> Trenton just tying it up with a bow, tying it up with a bow. Did I just, did I just tie it up with a bow? You did. It's true. Um, we were going to go over the questions about working together and get those answered. So here are the questions for us to answer. Okay. Where and when and how did you meet? Um, when did you realize you would work together? I feel like this is like a trivia question. We can just both answer these at the same time, right? We met in advanced art in high school, and uh, it was a classroom situation where there was a small group of people, and we were not very well supervised. <laughs> so we had, a, <laughs> we had a lot of freedom and a lot of time to talk, and that's uh, when our conversations and friendships started. Yep. Um, and then when we, we realized we would work together, it was many years later, um, when yeah. we were both back in um, California after living in different places and there was a crossover window of time that we both had absolutely nothing going on 
And um, it was a really, I found it a very helpful, I mean, we had stuff going on, we were going, you know, but it was a really helpful um, to kind of dive into some bigger, engaging, creative questions. Um, and I really remember that standing out to me, um, our time spent doing some projects in downtown Los Angeles. And it had been years, uh, years, like over, over 10 yeah, years, right? Say. Like it had been a decade since we had had a meaningful conversation, and like very, very little contact. I don't those, think ever. Uh, I don't think ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I might've heard uh, what was going on with you through a common friend, like through the, uh, through the Robert yeah. sisters or something. But yeah, so uh, I have a vague re- uh, memory of, I think at the time I was into to Frisbees. <laughs> yes. Do you remember this? I had a, fris- I had a Frisbee in my trunk. Because yes. I must have been when I first moved back, moved back from Chicago because I had a roommate in Chicago. He and I would go, uh, there's a park across the street and we'd go throw the Frisbee and I really enjoyed throwing the Frisbee. So um, I think we got together uh, and, and threw Frisbee for a while. Gosh. And that, and we had a conversation that day. Mm. That's the, that's the first memory I have of, uh, you know, when. I love playing Frisbee. I forgot about how much I love. Oh, yes. I actually forgot about that. But it was down at the Rose Bowl, I think. Yeah. 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 The Rose Bowl. (sighs) And we had a great conversation then and the conversation continued. And I think ultimately that's what led to us deciding to do this collaboration where we made the but, but do you remember before that the first two things was the ballroom there was this um a friend my friend That's mariana right. was manager of this um loft building downtown la which i mean d- downtown los angeles has changed so much so drastically since then um but there was a huge huge space that hadn't been that was um a ballroom that had been empty for years and years i mean right what era was that? I mean, that was a was an old yeah, classic yeah. Hollywood era ballroom, and it didn't have any electricity really, or you know, lights. And Mariana just sort of gave us access to them. I mean, it was how many thousands of square feet? It was a huge space. And at that point, I was really into using my projector and projecting images onto walls right. and things. And so we were exploring that. Um, Wait, when did when did we do that scav? Not was in a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm, I was going to say talk about that. Yeah, when we <laughs> was that before the theater or was that? I after? think it was. I think it was after, or maybe it was before. It might have been before. I have a I photograph of that. We did mm-hmm. <laughs> rubbings on the sidewalk. That was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I, we had been talking about The Invisible Cities by Italo Cavallo. Oh, so that's right. Oh, that book. Fantastic book. And so what, if I remember right, I had a piece of paper and a pencil, like a woodless pencil graphite stick in my car. And there was a great grate on the, uh, yeah. on the ground surrounding a tree. And I did a rubbing so that we had a grid. Yeah. Uh, and then I rubbed, uh, did another rubbing on just on the ground. So I just picked up, picked up the texture of the sidewalk and then the biggest splotch is where we went. Yes. <laughs> so we use the grid as a map, and we went to the biggest, darkest spot. Yes. Which turned out to be this, wasn't it an old yes. theater? It wasn't an yes. old theater. Or was that an old hall? 
hotel. And these guys in the lobby, we just walked in and said, you know, look, we uh, we're doing. <laughs> Do you remember what we what we told them? I think we kind of were trying to say we. I mean, I basically think we were literally trying to tell them what we were trying to, what we were doing, but it was bizarre, they, right? They were totally confused. But they, go but ahead. they, they had this. Fan, oh, I'm no, sorry. Go you go ahead. You tell the story. They, well, they had this fantastic uh, story of the building being haunted. Yeah. So they told us a little bit about the, he- the history of the building, and then they got out their cell phones and they claimed to have have pictures of this of this spirit that was haunting oh, the. God. I forgot that? that they got out their stuff, like flip phones. <laughs> yeah. <they're, laughs> this was before, it must have been before oh, iPhones yeah. and stuff. It was flip phones, and they were trying to, like, super grainy <laughs> photos of, of supposedly a spirit of some kind. That was, yeah, that, so that was, that was, that's awesome. <laughs> that was so much, that was fun, so much fun. Thanks for joining us. You can find show notes at roominthetrees.com, become our patron at patreon.com forward slash room, and find a link to rate and review us on iTunes at roominthetrees.com forward slash iTunes. We will be back next week with clear, well-oiled nostrils and more to say about living and creating. Until then... Make some time, clear out some space, and let yourself create.